All I want to do is help people. People call you crying. It's the worst thing that could have happened in their lives. Like I, I tell my guys all the time, you think that it's no big deal because you see it all the time. You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. My name is Jackie Abel, and today I have a classic episode for you. Jennifer Rose Cottle and her two brothers took ownership of their father's plumbing business in 2008. Together, the leadership trio navigated challenges and obstacles to grow emergency plumbing, heating, and air from a $500,000 to a $5 million business. Jen joins me today to share stories from the early days and reflect on what it took to get the company where it is today. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Jennifer Rose Cottle, you are the VP of HR and Finance at Emergency Plumbing, Heating, and Air. You actually got into the business in late 2007 to support your family. And since then, the company has grown from 500000 to $5 million, And now your company has a foothold in the local community and is positioned for even more growth. I am so excited to get into your story today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here. And I'm super excited to have you. We're <laughs> going to kick off the way we do every single podcast now, which is with a icebreaker. And I've been introducing some new icebreaker questions into my icebreaker roulette wheel, which is what crazy activities do you dream of trying someday, Jennifer? Well, I'm not too much of a daredevil, um, crazy activities. I have always wondered about skydiving. But I will see if I get brave enough to do it. <laughs> um, but really, as far as activities, things that I want to do is just travel at different places. I, I went to Egypt and um, I was supposed to go to Vietnam. We didn't get that worked out. But places like that, I just want to see, you know, things that I don't get to see on a normal basis. So that's my dreams of activities. That's really cool. I don't know many people who have been to Egypt. What was your favorite thing about it? Well, I don't know if it's a favorite thing. That seems weird, but it's so unbelievable to me how colorful and things the tombs are. It seems unreal that they're that old. I can't, I can't like fathom it. So it was really crazy to see it in person. I still can't, you know, quite comprehend it all, how they know what they know and how there it is really it's really cool so i i like the tombs the most i think it, it's the most amazing thing and something that i could have never even imagined seeing so that was cool yeah that's really really cool and by the way i just also want to say crazy activities i think my crazy activity that i'm going to try this year is pickleball so you would have been in good company if you had said not skydiving and not egypt which are pretty big ones by the way if you had told me like <laughs> I think I'm really going to get into disc golf or something. I would have been like, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I did pickleball this past summer. I tried it out. It's the, I like it. It's pretty good, but All right. uh, All right. I don't do it regularly, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So Jennifer, let's cut to the chase here. How did you get into the trades? 
completely by accident. So I, my, my dad actually started a plumbing company in 1977 or this company, I should say in 1977, um, a few years later, I don't want to completely give my age away, but a few years later, he walked into the hospital and told my mom on the day that I was born that he quit his full-time job to continue on this business full-time. So that was a little bit crazy. And my parents have always, you know, talked about that. So, but growing up, so my parents always had this business and along the way they had other businesses. So they were entrepreneurs, but uh, nothing was stable as, as the plumbing company. It was kind of the backbone to everything. And I was never involved in the company at all because I was a girl. So I have five brothers and they were all involved in the company along the way. And the only position at that time that I could have done was to be a technician. So that is why my dad, you know, it just, you're a girl. It's not the right fit. My mom did some of the office stuff, but it was really like, you know, we answered the phones, like she had to answer the phones at our house, but my dad did everything else. So we didn't really have like an office. There wasn't, it was, it was the true, you know, one man type show business my whole life. So in 2007, I, I mean, I had been off doing other things, but my family is very close. So in 2007, I was talking to my brothers and they were kind of giving me the lowdown on how things were going, which were, weren't that great from what I gathered. Um, I heard stories like they would rent a hotel room when they needed money to do billing. <laughs> And my dad was always like, I could, I could hear him talk about, oh, the boys, they never collect, they never collect. Well, you know what, he wasn't doing anything to make them. They had no reason they were, they didn't want to, like, they didn't want to do that part. You know, that's no fun, right? Make somebody pay. I get that. But they wanted paid. I, I also heard stories about the notes that they took my brother brought to the hotel room, a two by four with notes on it from a job. That's the kind of things that they were doing. Uh, my other brother told me a story about how they set up tables and chairs in my dad's backyard for the whole day and did billing one day there, you know, stuff like that. So it just, um, my dad was a great plumber. I mean, we live in a, in a kind of a smaller town and it's very well, he's very well known. Uh, he's one of some old school plumbers. Uh, but I, I make, I make a summary and say my dad wasn't the best at business, but he was a great plumber. I don't want to say he was terrible at business because he had other businesses. He could do it, but this one just was ran the way they ran it for whatever reason. So, uh, they had, they never had an office. Like I said, it was out of my house when I was younger, but then my, parents got divorced and my dad just did it, you know, from, from his pocket. <laughs> so oh my uh, that's, yeah. So I decided to help them do billing. So in 2007, I said, well, you know, I, I can help you. And we started a Wednesday night meeting, which we still have today. And we did billing. And during that time, 
of billing. I was talking to my brothers even more and they were just telling me how they weren't happy. Uh, you know, they, they had to go to the ATM when they needed money. They didn't get regular paychecks or they had to go find my dad at the bar or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I said, well, you know, dad didn't build himself a retirement or anything either. So you guys, you need to talk to him. And they were like, he's never going to change. You know, he's, he's never going to let us take over or anything like that. So uh, again, never being in the business, never knowing anything about it, didn't go to school for business or anything like that. I was a real estate appraiser and I took my dad out to dinner and I said, dad, the boys are you know, they're not happy. They're going to leave you. You don't have a retirement. You're not going to be able to do this and keep it going. So this is what you said, you know, all you have for us and it's now or never. And this is all you have for yourself too. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite that simple, but he did agree. We, we came up with an agreement and that's how I got in. I was, like I said, a real estate appraiser. I worked at another family business and I went to them and I said, this is my situation and I can do one or both. And mm. I think we know which one it will be. Uh, even though at that point we couldn't afford to pay me um, because what we were getting in the deal was two trucks, an excavator, a phone number and a customer list. Like my dad, there was no you know, operating funds or anything like that. So I had another job and I had to suck it up until we could make it that far. It's funny because people are like, oh, well, your dad started in 77 and, you know, you guys were handed a business and we're like, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's what it was. Yep. I love this story so much. And also I just two by four taking notes on a two by four. I mean, like service lanes all like get out of pen and paper, but maybe our right. ad copy should say stop writing notes on two by fours. Start <laughs> getting into software for your business. I think this is so interesting because this is a story I've heard so many times in different ways on this podcast. You know, people had fathers who started these trades businesses and they were really skilled late. Like they were very skilled in their in their profession, in their industry. But when it came to business, they kind of were just flying by the seat of their pants. And I really need to commend you because I think if my timeline is correct from when we first spoke, November is when you kind of had your eyes open to what the state of the business was. And by January, you and your two brothers were taking on leadership of the business. And I think your dad was still involved, but you guys were running the show, right? Yeah. So we actually like legally bought the business. So January 2nd, it was, you know, January 1st that we weren't working. So January 2nd was our, our official like legal ownership first day. It was the transition because it was one of those where my brother needed him for everything. You know, like every time he was doing estimates, like I got to call dad and I'm like, no, you are fine. You can do it. You know how. Finally, my dad decided to go to Florida for the summers and that helped a little bit, uh, but he would still call him all the time. And then it got just to the point naturally that things were happening and my dad was getting out of it and he just had no idea and he really couldn't help him anymore. Like he'd like to, to be around it and listen to it and uh, have them at need him, right? Eventually it just worked itself out to where he couldn't really help them anymore. So that's kind of how we cut the cord, if you will. Um, 
we sent him down to Florida. Yes, that's a, yes, it worked. Now he would when he came home, he would work with us. I mean, just just partially to like be with us and hang out. Sure, uh, yeah. He did he did backflows, you know, the the easy stuff. But it was great to have him around when he came back and hung out. Now he's in Florida full time. When he comes back, he does not work. <laughs> and remind me, where are you guys located? We are in central Ohio. It's actually Delaware. It's about 20 minutes north of Columbus. Okay, very cool. And it's called Delaware in Ohio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, just, I know. that's just confusing. When you, um, yes, when you go somewhere else, you have to say Delaware, Ohio, because people say. Sure, sure. You- All right. <laughs> So real estate appraiser comes in to help rescue the family business, to give your brothers a livelihood, to give your dad a retirement, but you didn't have any plumbing experience prior to doing this. So I would love to know how you learned the ropes of the business. Yeah. Like I said, my whole childhood, I didn't know. I mean, my dad was a plumber. That's it. I had no idea what he did or, you know, what this job meant or this career path. Uh, I can remember being a child and being upset that my dad had to leave on Christmas, you know, our name's emergency. So we are 24 hours and I, you know, I feel selfish now, like knowing that, but as a kid, I just didn't understand. I had no idea. And my dad was always leaving and I couldn't understand. So I didn't know anything about the business at all. And when I started helping them, um, my very first day, well, when we, when we started the last week of 2007, my other job shuts down between Christmas and New Year's or did shut down. I'm not there anymore. So I did ride alongs with my brothers and that's how I kind of like learned what basics of it. And then January 2nd, I got handed a cell phone. That is all. At my, and that is it. <laughs> So I got my first call. I'll never forget it. And it was a guy that needed a drain, a drain unclogged. And I said, you know, okay, great. You know, we'll get you taken care of. I got all this information. And he had been a prior customer. So he didn't know. No one knew I existed. I should say like around our town, like people knew my family and my brothers from being out about and. I would be like, oh, you know, that's my brother. And they're like, what? Who, you know, we've never seen you. We don't know anything about you because they were always in the public eye. And I, nobody knew that I existed. So when this guy calls and he's like, oh, who are you? You know, I've never, there's never been a, a girl. And so I explained, he's like, this is awesome. You know, so great to have you. And he's like welcoming me. He was the customer. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So, but anyways, I hung up the phone. I called my brother who was in the van and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Help me. I don't know what to say. I don't even like, what are we going to do? <laughs> so he's like, calm down. It's fine. And so then I started asking them, what do we charge? And they were like, well, you know, I've charged this before for a main drain. Uh, I've charged this before for a main drain. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and so I started a price sheet my first day. And it, you know, by the end of the first week, I had like five prices on it. So that's 
how I learned. I just asked questions and started to do what I could to, you know, keep track for myself. I made a, when a call comes in, what do I write down? I made a schedule. It was on paper. I had a folder with like days out of a paper schedule and each call had a one page sheet and I carried that around with me everywhere. It's, I slept with it. I slept with the phone. I answered the phone 24 hours a day, like even to the second yeah, people calling in the middle of the night and I would schedule them until one day my brother says, Jen, it's okay. You can call them back tomorrow. And I was like, I don't think I can. I need to get months. I mean, I did. I just, I didn't know. I just, no one trained me. I just thought I got to get this done. I have to get these people taken care of. And so I guess in some ways, luckily I'm just naturally like a people pleaser and I want to take care of everyone. But then at the same time, my brothers wanted to kill me because I couldn't say no. And they were working 15 hours a day regularly. (laughs) So yeah. At the same time, you're growing the business and you're bringing in money, which it sounds like you guys really needed at the time. Yes. But we also had no idea really what we were doing. We had no vision. We had no plans. We had no idea what, you know, keeping track of stuff was. I just took a call and they went out and they did great work because they were very skilled. You know, that, like I said, my dad was an awesome plumber and other plumbers would call on him. Uh, so they, they definitely learned from the best. Um, as far as the business part goes, we were just flying by the seat of our pants. We had no idea. So, so when did the business stuff start to click? Like, when did you start thinking like, you know what, we got to start tracking how much we're spending on materials. You know, we really should be tracking things. Like how did that evolve? Cause it sounds like the first few months you were just like, just survival mode by all means. So like, when did things start to shift? It's going to sound funny probably, but it's probably a, a couple of years because <laughs> makes sense. No, that makes sense to me. I think because you're in such like a fight or flight mode of like, just trying to make things happen that you blink and oh no, three years have gone by or however many years it was. So it's yes. not odd to me. It's not odd to me at all. Okay, so good. Continue. Well, I'm sure you've... Interrupt. No, you're good. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard a lot of it. I mean, I've had other jobs. I've never had a job like this. I've never had an experience like this. Like I tell people, you know, about the schedule. I'm like, it's a living organism. It it changes all the time. And I, like I said, I had that paper schedule and I carried it around with me. And one time I went to Michigan and I accidentally left it at a restaurant and I got all the way home and realized it. Oh my God. I thought my life was over. I had no idea what was on the schedule for Monday morning. Luckily my brother lived, my, I have an older brother in Michigan who has emergency plumbing by the way, but he lived like 20 minutes from this restaurant. So he went and got it. And on Monday morning when they opened though, like I couldn't even do anything first thing in the morning. I think I maybe remembered a couple people But then as soon as the restaurant opened, he was able to read me some stuff and then he overnighted it. Uh, But yeah, that was like the worst thing that ever happened. 
Oh my gosh. I guarantee you there are people listening right now that are like, yep, I have a Michigan <laughs> restaurant story. So yeah. yeah, like tell me, what was the change? Like how did it happen? How did, because you're on service Titan now. That's how I know you. So I want to mm-hmm. know like how you guys started getting into the business side. Learning from other people, learning, you know, listening from other people. Like we did not know anything about Service Titan or any of the other groups. Um, I just started listening to people. And that's why I would say the number one thing for me was listening to anybody, whether they're a business owner, whether they're just a person, whether it doesn't matter. That is how I learned was listening to other people and then kind of, I guess, you know, Googling it, like, what is that? What does that mean? And figuring it out. Then along the way, you know, like podcasts, things like that. I'm not really a reader at all. I have a lot of books and I skim them, uh, <laughs> but I'm just not uh, a big reader. I did pick up the e-myth at one point uh, with a friend's recommendation and I read maybe the first couple of chapters and there's a part in there about, you know, the, the CEO, the technician and the manager. And I thought it was funny because I could totally relate each one of my brothers and I to that. And I was like, that is why we make this work. But we didn't know, like, that was my first like realization of this is why we make it work because we each get that we each have that different input um, and fast forward a little bit. So we currently have a um, coach in here in our office every single day. It's awesome. But she did the disc assessments on us, but she's also coaching us continuously every day. Like it is completely implemented into our business. And I know now like everything that I thought I knew and it is proven to me now. So my brothers and I are the triangle that is needed to, you know, move everything forward like that. Like if you take one of us out, it wouldn't be the same. So Mm, we, yeah, we learned about processes. We learned about keeping score of your business, just like a game. So, you know, things like that, that people told us, I took and figured out what it meant. Wow. I mean, I just, I really, this is such a classic toolbox for the trade story. And we, I haven't heard one of these in a while, which is why I'm so excited. Like really that Michigan story. I'm like, that is phenomenal. <laughs> so it sounds like what you did is you just were a sponge. Well, there were a couple of things, right? You were a sponge. You absorbed information that people were giving you and you were just taking it day by day. And I want to get back to the leadership with you and your two brothers. So you have five brothers in total, two of them run the business with you. Okay. And you mentioned like the EMIF CEO, manager, technician, you guys all filled that role in some capacity. You didn't know it, but that's how the business was running. Even in those early days where it was just head on fire, hair on fire, let's just get to the end of the day kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I know this was a kind of like this weird gift you guys had, you didn't realize you had. And now that you're growing, I, like I said, $5 million business now, Tell me a little bit about the challenges now as you're grown, you're a larger business and you need to do more delegation. You need to start having more middle management in place. So like, what's that challenge been like? I'll say the old days, um, you know, the three of us not knowing what we were doing and we were completely leaning on each other with everything. I mean, 
down to making a $20 decision. <laughs> we had to talk about it. We had to talk about everything. So we acted as like one. We were the perfect combination to be like the perfect one. So when we had to, as we grown and we've kind of had to learn how to separate a little bit, it got, it was hard. We can't talk about everything. There's just not that time. Our Wednesday night meeting is kind of how, you know, we did that, but it got to the point where we were staying until midnight, things like that. And so finally we're like, okay, what is our Wednesday night meeting about? What do we talk about? Cause we were like trying to fit every little teeny tiny thing in. Uh, it was, it was a lot. So now I, I have also realized that as the three of us, we've, we got a little bit further than a single owner in what I've learned from other companies. I'm not going to say all single owners, but as far as how far we got without having to implement that middle manager or depend on someone else, the way that we were depending on each other, we were able to bring the business a little bit further. So we are going through the transition of that middle management later than a lot of single owners. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know all of that. I'm figuring that all out. So right now we are still in that. I mean, we have them implemented. They're doing a great job. We are still learning how to let go. We are still learning how to stay in our own lanes. I mean, it's, you know, who's, who's my boss? We all are. No one knows. Like, so we're trying to figure that. <laughs> I mean, we have figured that out, but we're trying to make ourselves stay in where our position is. And that that has probably been the biggest challenge for us. But we did get a compliment from our managers the other day saying that they can tell <laughs> that we're really working on it. So that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, like interesting setup because normally you've got the single owner who's really married to every element of the business and has to start right. bringing people on and relic and dealt and like giving them responsibilities, but you kind of have it times three. It's very interesting when I was thinking about like, you know, we all work together. I was thinking about transformers that like children's toy and multi-billion dollar movie franchise. Like <laughs> yes. you guys are all like come together and you make one single owner, uh, which I think that is, is really cool. But yeah. you, know, you guys have done so much. I know, I know you added an HVAC service line recently. So I would love to know what that process was like. How was that like, you know, taking a company that is grounded in plumbing, like founded by one of the, like a really talented plumber and then adding HVAC to the mix? Yeah. So like I said, we did not set out to do this at all. We had no, no vision. We have since been working on that. An acquaintance that we know, I was out and about at a networking of event in our town and he approached me and he said, Hey, have you guys ever thought about HVAC? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we're good with what we're doing. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to buy one. I'm going to create one or I want to do it with you guys because I want your reputation. And I was oh, like, wow. Yeah. I was like, Oh, um, I mean, that You're made like, me feel good. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, really? Thank yeah, I know. I, I did not yeah. have any idea. I mean, like I said, we just, you know, you answer the phone and you show up. That's half the battle. 
right? <laughs> then came back to my brothers and I was like, you know, this he approached us, he's interested. And they were like, well, we can talk about it. So the the person that is now a partner in the HVAC company with us, he jokes around and says that he had to date us for a year before we <laughs> could make a decision. <laughs> so we um, did we did a lot of planning on that. However, there's never enough planning. I mean, that was fun struggle, a fun struggle. Adding one, adding another partner, but two, adding a whole nother division that you know wasn't in our forte. So just meshing the two together in what we already have, and it, it it's been a, a road. But I would I would say that I would do it again because we knew that we weren't going to let it fail. We were fighting for it, and we are all on the same page. Even with the ups and downs, we knew that we were all on the same page, that it wasn't going to fail. And here we are. And it is moving forward. And it is good. This is great. I absolutely love this story. This is really fun. This could be a movie in some ways, I think, or a show. But yeah. I want to hear... I want to hear about your reputation. So you had this gentleman approach you and say, I want to do an HVAC business, but I want to do it with you because you have such a great reputation. So it sounds like even though you're losing schedules in Michigan, you're sleeping with your cell phone, you still were man managed to really connect with your community. So tell me how you did that. Well, again, we, we did not do that on purpose. My dad was, you know, well-known. We all went to school here, but... Again, you know, answering the phone and, and showing up is half the battle. And then you know, my brothers were great at what they did. And we are naturally good at people. So everyone loved them. They just want to take care of people. And that's, that's what we, you know, we did say to ourselves. And that's since being in the business, I realized about my dad leaving when I was a kid. I get it. All I want to do is help people this and people call you crying. Like, you know, they're, it's the worst thing that could have happened in their lives. Like I, I tell my guys all the time, like you think that it's no big deal because you see it all the time, but they, it's, they don't know, you know, they don't see it all the time. And so keep that in mind, but we don't have like a problem with that. They, you know, we have pretty good People like people, I feel like technicians in this business, that's who they are. They want to help people. That's what we did. We also enjoy some fun. So we are really involved in our community in general. And we do parades and we have done stuff with the schools and kids. We made a plumber's puzzle. And so we can, Ooh. yeah. So they have to put pipes together and then you pour water down and see if there's a leak. So it's fun stuff that we can do. We do all the, the touch a truck events and my brothers are like big kids. So anything that they can have some fun with, that's, we're there. What's touch a truck? Is that just like, come in see what the truck looks touch like? A truck. So yeah. So they have events like in the community though, where they bring out like the, all the emergency vehicles, but then other businesses like tow trucks and, or boom trucks and all different kinds of trucks and kids can like climb in them and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. 
as someone who has friends, who is friends with several women who have young boys, I will, that is probably a hit. That is, yeah, that is. the place to be. If you have a, if you, not even boys, I should say, because I know girls are obsessed with trucks too. If you have a child under five, that is probably an amazing place to network with the community and to really get your name out there while doing something really fun at the same time. That's so cool. And I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. You'll have to look it up and see if there's any in your area. I know in Los in Los Angeles. Uh, you never even, know. <laughs> insert joke here about what kind of trucks are there. And anyway, this has been such a fun conversation for me, Jen. I really want to kind of look back because you joined in you joined at the beginning of 2028, end of 2027. We're recording this in 2024. If you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, or not one thing, you can give her you can give her a couple pieces of advice. What would you say? Just Continue to be open and learning and growing yourself, paying attention to growing yourself. And, and like I said, being open-minded to what people are telling you and listening. I mean, because I feel like that is the biggest thing that I did that got me to where I am. And that's exactly what I share with other people. You know, I'm, I, Again, realization that I have helped other people at this point, which I never thought that I would be helping other people in this business or in any business for that matter. And I have helped a lot of people. And that's one thing that I would always say to them is be open to always learning. Don't ever quit learning and don't be afraid of listening to what people are telling you. And even if you don't agree, take it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I just really like this story a lot. Do you have any plans of returning back to the real estate appraisal business? So I do still a little bit with sheriff. Yeah. Sheriff appraisals, but that's all I, that's all I do. It's just, just to kind of stick my nose in it a little bit. And, you know, I always have it to fall back on, even though at this point I will not need that, but I have, yeah, I have it. I like I like to keep my eyes and ears open in that world. So, all right. Well, Jen, I cannot thank you enough for just such an open and honest take about what this journey has been like for you. I had such a fun time, and I know our listeners did as well. Is there anything else you want to share that we didn't get a chance to? I think we did a lot, and I really, really appreciate you letting me come on and share my experience. And I hope that it helps someone else. As I said before, I appreciate your podcast and I have definitely listened and enjoy it and have, you know, gotten some things from it myself from other folks. So thank you. Thank you, Jen, for this incredibly motivational story. And thank you again for being a guest on the podcast. Hey, Toolbox. Want to earn some serious cash just by referring your friends to Service Titan? For every demo your referral books with our team, you'll earn 500 bucks. And if they sign up, you could even make up to $10,000. But wait, there's more. Refer the most friends, you could win a brand new Tesla Model 3. So, what are you waiting for? Click the referrals link in the show notes of this episode to start submitting referrals today and get one step closer to driving off in your dream car.